Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Logan. How are you, Logan? Yeah, Alex, I'm doing okay. Um, I guess with all things considered, it's still a great place to be sitting on the league table despite, um, you know, what ended up being a, a fairly disappointing loss on the weekend, um, despite, you know, still being a somewhat exciting game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a uh, certainly not a scoreline I would have predicted. I thought given the form that West Brom are coming into the game in terms of uh, goal scoring ability um, and our ability, I suppose, to an extent to, to keep games nice and tight, um, I certainly didn't see a 5-2 result coming. Um, as you say, it's still sixth in the table, so uh, not too much damage done with that result. But uh, yeah, look, let's let's kick straight into it with that, with that game. Um, up against Steve Bruce, of course, former city manager. Um, only change to the starting lineup was Williams coming in for Ali, but um, we'll talk a bit later on about injuries in general. But injuries struck again early in this one with Tufan going off for uh, for the deb- debutant Woods after 20 minutes. Um, I thought I actually had a pretty impressive game in the end, but um, I suppose that sort of disrupted our momentum somewhat. And uh, you know the 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 unfortunate nature of that own goal in the first half certainly didn't help us either. So how did you see? I guess first of all that that first half and and how things played out. Well, to be honest with you, I actually thought the the first half was um was were incredibly competitive, but. Um, if anything, we probably had the upper hand. I know that there was, uh, you know, two really uh, promising chances towards the start of the game. Um, it's, it's very rare that you see, you know, Callum Elder unleashed and uh, finds himself in a, uh, a one-on-one type situation. Um, bombing forward uh, with that level of, you know, emphasis was was very impressive to see. And then um, the, the I couldn't believe that was him. I was like, no, the number right. three. I was like, that doesn't look right. <laughs> it, it didn't seem right, did it? Um, and, you know, uh, he, he made quite a quite a decent shot as well. It forced a, a very good save. And um, and then I think it was uh, after that, Oscar uh, hit the woodwork mm. as well. So, like, two incredibly uh, promising chances that on another day, if they go in, um, you know, you can kind of you can kind of make a case that you, you're in a very comfortable position at halftime, particularly as you uh, previously mentioned as well, with the fact that the the own goal from Elder was was somewhat unlucky. Yeah, no, that that's right. I think especially that um, Oscar chance that that kind of crashed off the crossbar. Um, you look at those sorts of moments in games, and you can't help but look at that second half after they'd scored. I guess probably the first two or three goals, or even after the first goal, really going in at halftime and goal down. Um, gave them a lot of confidence at home and really sort of set them on their way to to the result that we saw at the end of the game. Um, so as you say, it's it's difficult to know how much an early goal for us would have changed the momentum in that one. Um, you know, obviously Oscar then getting the two goals in the second half was sort of um, a silver lining to the result, if you if you if you will. I mean, he's top goal scorer in the league now. Um, we sort of sat here a few weeks ago and said after he got his first two against Norwich that it was great for him to get off the mark and. Um, ironically, I mean, he's he's sort of known at previous clubs for having a, a weapon of a left foot and a, a brilliant head on him, and he scored all four goals with his right foot. Yeah, well, that's a that's a promising sign if um, if that's what the scout reports bringing in, and we've seen that he's obviously got a um, you know, a few more strings to his bow. But I, I think the thing that that still pre- impresses me so much about what I've seen from him so far is just that level of physicality. Uh, you know, when he's yeah. finds him in a one-on-one situation his ability to kind of use his body and um create chances that uh, that don't always look like they're there is um you know 
incredibly great sight to see. And, you know, often we talk about the, um, the, the attributes or the qualities that you kind of need in the championship, how it's a very, it's a very physical league. It, the games come thick and fast and um, it's that English, very direct kind of style. And so, uh, you know, when we have these debates over whether players will adapt and how they go in the English game, uh, you know, he looks like a ready-made fit, uh, which is, you know, extremely encouraging. Yeah, and speaking of ready-made fits, I sort of touched on before, we had uh, Woods come off the bench for two fan to make his debut. I thought he was another real positive out of this game. I thought his his touch, his ball control, his, his passing ability really didn't look out of place. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually think it may have been, if it wasn't Callum Elder, it may have been Woods that actually delivered that ball for um, for Oscar had, had another chance, I think. Or maybe it was his chance that came off the woodway. Um, I'll have to go back and check that. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I thought Woods was, you know, uh, considering that he was on debut, um, you know, it's always hard to find yourself kind of thrown thrown into the the thrust of it, particularly after 20 minutes um, on debut in an injury uh, uh, after the injury to Tufan, which mm-hmm. you know, again, who is I would say arguably our best player the start because you probably have to make the case now that Oscar's been one of the most influential with that goal scoring record, but. Um, yeah, like the person that, that Woods was replacing is is critical. And, and the fact that he came in and had such a promising game under those circumstances is, um, yeah, certainly gives us a lot of reason to be optimistic about um, the signing of him. Yeah, and I can't imagine he's trained much with the side either. So he's another one who'll bet in and gel with the squad even more and, and hopefully look to kick on against Coventry on, uh, on the weekend. Um I mean, look, it, it it did end up being sort of one of those days where it, it, I was just trying to have a look to see if I could see the the XG for West Brom for this game because it felt like almost any shot that they took in that second half resulted in a goal, even a couple of pelters from outside the box. Um, then on another day, Ingram's getting a hand to it and, and denying them uh, that chance. Um, it's, I guess, an easy one in that sense to sort of just, just kind of wipe the slate off and move on. I guess the only point of concern I'd, I'd sort of bring up with this one is um, granted the nature of the opposition the last few weeks probably plays into this a bit as well but we saw against Burnley, Norwich even Preston to an extent who aren't necessarily one of those bigger clubs the, a similar sort of pattern of, of chance domination by the opposition are, are you concerned at all um, maybe not going into a few easier games maybe that won't be as much of a concern but are you worried at all about sort of I guess maybe against Norwich and Burnley, we rode our luck a bit. And and then against West Brom, you know, you sort of swings and roundabouts that maybe all our bad luck came at once. No, I'm not worried at all. And I think that this is kind of the, uh, you know, the shift that we have to have as as supporters in watching this team. Um, You know, before the preseason or before the first round, we, we were speculating on where we'd finish on the table. And we had that realistic kind of expectation that it's a new side, a, a totally new side uh, with the amount of signings that have come in. And we talked about the fact that it will take time to gel um, to find ourselves after five games, as you said, sitting in sixth position and unbeaten until the weekend um, and in, in a pretty topsy-turvy game. Um, it, it took a, a very strong performance from West Brom to beat us away from home who, you know, I think are most likely going to be one of the teams threatening for promotion again. Um, and it, it was just that kind of day. Um, yeah, sure. There, some of those games, as you mentioned, we have absorbed a lot of pressure and, and taken our chances. But if that's what we're able to do with a team who is, you know, extremely new um, in company with each other um, this early on in the season, then I think that only probably 
uh, speaks into the strengths that that do exist there, and um, I guess the resilience that does exist among this playing group. So I actually think it's probably the other way. I'm I'm more optimistic and find it a promising sign that we're able to nut out those results now. Um, and hopefully as the season builds, uh, you know, we'll be talking about how far we've come uh, in leaps and bounds about our, our control of the game and, and how we actually do, um, you know, use possession-wise and don't invite as much of those opportunities. But for, for early days, I'm, I'm not too concerned just yet, no. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with eight senior players out injured for this one, I think was the number given, um, I was watching the highlights just before, and I think that was the number they mentioned. But you just have to think there's a lot of players to come back into this side um, we'll talk about a few in, in a little bit, but, you know, just amongst them, you know, Sari, obviously two fan going out during the game. Um, uh, Ali on the right wing, who'd be providing a bit more cover, things like that. Um, we haven't even seen Cynic yet. I, I Hopefully he'll be fit soon to to make an appearance. But certainly there's a lot to come from this side, a lot of improvement to come from this side, just naturally with getting bodies back. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, as as we just said, we, we didn't want to jump into this, you know, bracket of, of kind of, judging the team too early and mm-hmm. as you just mentioned with that it's quite an injury list um we haven't seen the the city team we haven't seen the playing group that that shot her and um you know it could have been uh, very prominent in kind of delivering and, and signing so until we see that i think um the litmus test will kind of be where are we at christmas and um you know from the playing group that we've seen is there some level of of optimism heading into the um into the second half of the season and, and where are we placed then? Are we in a position to make a playoff run? Um, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we do touch on one of those new signings, um, I'll grab from you your MVP votes for this game. I think undoubtedly you have to give three points to, to Oscar in, you know, two goal performance in a, in a five, two driving, um, you know, it, it proves like we just mentioned before that the attributes that he has in this league is, is going to be a threat. Um, it's it's likely he will probably be our, our leading goal scorer. He certainly appears to be um, the best source of, of attack for us and, um, you know, he's seen prolific so far. Um, so three points to him for sure. Um, I, I kind of I thought um, I might have given two points to Elder and I know that it kind of seems a little bit strange because of the uh, because of the own goal as well, but I thought that he, he was just, as, as we talked about before with turning up for that one-on-one chance, he just seemed to be everywhere and, um, and it had a lot of energy. Um, but yeah, I thought it was one of his better games. And then maybe uh, one would be towards who I thought, um, you know, was fairly strong on debut in, in pretty trying circumstances. Yeah. Great chats for all of those. I, I agree. I've got Oscar for three votes for mine, um, as you say, to get those two goals. And yeah, especially that second goal, I thought the strength that he displayed to really turn what was a speculative speculative sort of chance into a really sort of composed finish for his second goal uh, was awesome to see. Um, yeah, I went Woods for the two votes. I was really impressed with him. I thought my expectations were reasonably low. Getting thrown in, as you say, after 20 minutes on debut as a result of an injury, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. And he really sort of blew those expectations out of the water. So I thought that was awesome to see. Um, and then, yeah, I went Tede for the one vote, um, two assists, both of, both for Oscar, Oscar's goals, um, especially that first one, I think, sort of cutting that ball back across the box, the vision to find Oscar was really awesome to see. Um, you know, you sort of have to remember, he, he's, I guess I'd say more of a traditional number nine, but he's been playing that sort of roll out wide uh, and playing it really well. So it's going to be really interesting to see when we do have our wingers back fit and firing, whether we... I guess whether one of Tede and Oscar drops to the bench and, and sort of rotates or whether we play two up top, it's going to be 
um, really fascinating to see what happens with the side. Um, okay, well, we'll move on then and we'll talk about um, one of those new signings that has been announced since the last episode of the podcast. Um, just before we do, for everyone watching along, if you are enjoying the episode, if you could hit like, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, do so as well. Uh, the more subscribers and likes on the videos, the more widely these are reached. So very much appreciated if you can do that. Um, but we will talk about, so Salah Ulad Mahand, I think is how it would be pronounced, uh, signing from Arsenal. Um, basically, he, he was the mystery number 10. We were sort of speculating for weeks on on who this mystery number 10 may be. Uh, 18, well, now 19-year-old signing from Arsenal, handed the number 10 shirt, so clearly big wraps on him. Uh, it is a loan deal with an option to make it permanent, but he sounds pretty keen to be here permanently, so that seems like a formality. Um, you look at some of the talent that's come through Arsenal in recent years when you've got Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, those sorts of guys, and 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 Salah was sort of making the seniors bench a couple of times last season. I think he was on the bench six or seven times. They had sort of big wraps on him to make that step up to the senior team in the next 18 months, I guess you'd probably say. Um, so it seems like a really exciting, promising signing for us. Absolutely. I think that, you know, any any young player who's been scouted by by a club of of the stature of Arsenal um, at, at that level and, um, you know, who's obviously attracted that that many uh, eyes and, and that much attention, you know, uh, it can't it can't be a, a negative thing at all for us. And, um, you know, I guess it's kind of sad to, to hear of the immediate injury mm. that he suffered. But, um, yeah, absolutely. Really looking forward to seeing how he goes. And I know that there was a lot made of it on uh, Twitter about the amount of Arsenal fans kind of up in arms that they were that were letting him go. So the fact that they the fan base seem to also believe that uh, you know there's a lot of promise in in this young, young man. Uh, you know, let's let's hope it pays dividends. And it, it's really exciting and refreshing to see a player like that so keen to join the club and drop down a division. Obviously, buying into Ajun's sort of. Um, I guess you'd say vision or, or or image of how he wants the club to be set up, but also just the maturity, I suppose you'd say, of a player of that age to not just say, I'm going to sit on the bench here at Arsenal, I'm, a, I'm at a big club, I'll collect my wage, I'll maybe get a couple of appearances here and there, but to actually say, I'm, I'm happy to go out, you know, potentially permanently um, mm-hmm. to really sort of set myself up for my career. It's, it's a really awesome thing to see. Yeah, and as you said, it probably speaks into the, um, you know the the management discussions that that take place between Ajun and, and Kessler and and what they're actually trying to promote in in coming to be a, a whole city player, which uh, you know from from past experience doesn't sound like that was uh, um, a similar experience when when dealing with the Alum. So um, you know that's that's an incredibly pleasing thing to to be aware of as well. Uh, the fact that there has been not just him but so many new bodies in the door um, this season already not only speaks to how much the fans are enjoying the the change nature of of how the club operates but also the fact that um it seems to be you know reciprocated on a player player level as well which is um you know extremely promising yeah ex- extremely exciting to see and uh, it's it certainly means that we're getting the right type of player in the club they're not just chasing a paycheck they're they're sort of buying into the club's vision which is uh which is awesome um you sort of touched on there with Salah, and I guess it's a broader conversation to be had as well in terms of injuries. And, uh, I mean, in the case of Salah, I'm sure you could just say, it, look, it's just bad luck. It happens. Same as with uh, Traore, I suppose you could say, getting injured two minutes into his first training session. Cynic as well seemed to be injured quite early on as well. But you do have to look at, you know, Tufan getting injured during the game uh, against West Brom. 
whether he needed a rest, that sort of thing. You've got Seri who's out as well. I, I'm almost, I'm less concerned necessarily with the injuries themselves. I think there is something to be said for maybe managing the players slightly better. Um, and maybe it's to do with the fact that over preseason, a lot of these guys played 90 minutes in each game, which probably didn't help their, um, I guess, their recovery or, or their um, their sort of the the strain on their their muscles or, or whatever it could be. I'm almost more curious about the fact that we're not getting a whole lot of insight into timeframes for the injuries. I think we saw recently we got, I think it was three months as an estimate for Ali, which, you know, with those sorts of injuries, I guess you can't be too much more specific and that's totally fine. But I don't even know if the club officially announced that Seri was injured. I think it was sort of, um, uh, you know, it was a comment made by Vashota because he was asked about it. But maybe I'm just more used to hearing Aussie rules. There's almost like a, an official injury list put out each week with an estimated time frame for returns where I think, you know, getting a bit more insight into the personnel and, and their availability would help. But we're sort of getting... Um, I think Baz on Twitter gets asked occasionally when people expect it back and, and we kind of get responses that way. But that seems our main form of communication for, for player availability. Um, I guess, so I guess it's sort of a two-part question to you. First of all, concerns about the injuries in general and, and the number of injuries we're sustaining and then also just in terms of the insights we're getting into return dates. Well, firstly on the, the conspiracy theory about the <laughs> training ground holes and... Yeah, that's that's right. I think that that's just a like. I mean, we may we may this may come back to bite me if you are you know taking sound clips and using them against us. But uh, <laughs> realistically, I just think that this certainly sounds like it's kind of luck of the draw. Like some of them mm-hmm. do sound like very very strange and unique injuries, um, and obviously the ones that we see that happen in the game, um, you know, you kind of make of that what you will as as you watch it live, but. Um, the training ground ones, I guess, are a little bit more interesting. So, look, I think it's probably just luck of the draw at the moment. I think we've we've just had an extremely bad run. Um, a lot of the players that we that we did sign, um, you know, over the off season, it's not like they were necessarily at City for a long time. So, if you place the the blame on what the City training staff are doing, um, you know, maybe somewhat unfair, I guess, it's, or it's worth considering. Uh, so. Look, I think we're just, you know, having a bad run at the moment. Um, with all that being said, you know, for where we sit, if if this is what a, an injury spell looks like for us, um, you know, fair play to us. And then the second part is I, I do wonder if there's something in the, um, you know, wanting to kind of care for the players and not force a timeline on them. I think that, you know, when you've got uh, it being widely reported that you're expecting players back in three to four weeks, um, you, you do, even though you've got that pretty guided time frame, if they do seem to be ahead of uh, ahead of recovery schedule and all the rest of it, um, it's great when we hear that they're a surprise inclusion on a team sheet. Um, but equally, if it blows out, uh, you know, for, for longer periods, that's when the fans start to get restless. And it's like, oh, what's happening with, you know, such and such? It was supposed to be six weeks. It's now been eight. Where are they? Um, and so I think that probably may be a tactic that could deliberately have been employed to take pre- pressure off the both the medical staff and the players. But um, I'm not too concerned with that. I think at the end of the day, the fact that we've signed so many players um, and, and have what you would genuinely say is a squad when they're all fit, um, you know, that's what it's there for. That's why the modern day era requires such large squads because when players are out, you need, you know, players off caliber to be able to replace them. And I think that, if there's any criticism um, to be to be had around the club, you certainly cannot make that one of the things that um, you know you'd be looking at the owners for. So, um, 
I think it may be a deliberate protective measure on the on the uh, inside of of the the city management. Yeah, fair enough. Totally. Um, as I said, it's probably more just the different cultures and being used to the official list coming out. But it does sound like, uh, for instance, that Ryan Longman will be back for the weekend, which is uh, good news. And it sounds like Sari and even Tufan are sort of targeting that Chef United game a week from um, Saturday, which is also good to hear. Yeah, awesome. Uh, cool. Okay. Well, just before we head on to the uh, previews of the games coming up, we will play our game of Who Am I? If you are ready to go for that one. Um, I don't know if you saw last week's episode with Dan. Um, Umar Nyas was the answer, which was um, a little bit of a curveball. Um, so I'll give you the first clue for this one, which is also similarly along the same veins in terms of uh, appearances and goals. So the first clue is um, I played 15 league games for City and I scored four goals. Ooh. 15 league games and four goals. Okay, yeah, I, I don't have any wild stabs for that, sadly. Okay, so I joined City in 2014 and I left in the same year. And I can I can give you the club he signed from, but I think that might make it too obvious, so I'll leave it off for now. Oh, four, four goals in 15 games. Oh, I think this one sounds like it could be um, Markovic. Uh, not too far off. It's it's that. So Markovic was twenty sixteen, I think, oh, maybe yeah. twenty seventeen. So it's a little bit late for him. Okay. Um, I can give you nationality if that might help. Please pass. Give me the nationality. Okay. So he is Irish. Okay. So 2014 was, I think, first Premier League season under Bruce. That also helps narrow it down. I just, I, I feel like Shane Long scored too many goals and played too many games for us to be that. But if if that's the case, I'd be astounded that he only played 15 games for us. Um, am I allowed to guess if it's Shane Long? You, you can guess and, and you would be correct that it is Shane Long. F- 15 appearances and four goals. It feels like he was here for longer than that, doesn't it? Well, it was just that that partnership that we became kind of very quickly fond of with Jelovic and Long up, up top. And the fact that it, he only played 15 games uh, seems rather yeah. astounding to me. I, I know that he did, um, you know, he, he certainly didn't play as many games as we wanted him to play uh, because he kind of felt like one of those players that when he played had such a, a huge impact and bearing on the game. Uh, but that and really he was cup tied. We, we couldn't play him in the FA Cup, which was the frustration. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. All right. In- incredibly yeah. surprised by that. I, I know that he was there for only a short time and it was because of the, um, the fee that we got out of him was kind of, yeah, forced I know. we, we um, signed him for like 6 million and sold him for 12 in six months, which is uh, not bad business. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, we, I was going to say we signed him from West Brom, but I don't know if that would have given it away. Yeah. Well, the fact that he only played 15 games and we doubled our money, um, yeah. you know, thanks. Thanks Shane Long. Uh, you yeah. were, Actually, do think I have a Shane Long jersey, which again, oh, on. fifteen appearances, I feel let down. I should have got that one. <laughs> um, anyway, hey, not as not not as bad as my uh, Ben Arthur shirt uh, from the following season. Mm-hmm. I think probably made much less, much fewer appearances, and uh, much much smaller impact on the side. Um, but anyway, we'll move on. Uh, we've got two games to look forward to. First of all, being Coventry this weekend at home. Uh, only their third game of the season because they've had a whole bunch of um, pitch issues at the uh, the Rico Arena, uh, meaning that they, I mean, they they sit bottom of the table, but it's a bit of a false position for them. Um, 
granted, you know, they, they've only played two games. They've drawn one, lost one. So it's not as if they've won both of them and they've just, you know, unfortunately at the bottom. Um, so they haven't been in rip-roaring form to start the season. Um, last season, mixed bag against them. We lost the first game 1-0, won the second one with goals from Longman and Smallwood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, it's a pretty similar squad for them to last season. It's sort of a known quantity. They've got Victor and, and Godden up top, who are probably their most dangerous players. But I, I'd like to think that sort of progressing from where we were last season, that this is a very winnable and, and should be a very achievable game at home. Absolutely. I think that Coventry were one of the surprise packets of last season. Um, they finished, you know, incredibly high up the, the league table. And certainly, you know, no disrespect to them, but Coventry aren't exactly a, a team that, you know, in English football that have kind of, you know, lit, lit, the, uh, lit the league up. So fair play to them for... Um, for showing the promise and, um, you know, kind of somewhat reviving that club. Um, had a fantastic season. But as you said, uh, it's really hard to get a gauge on them having only played two games. And, yeah, the way we've started, uh, with the exception of, you know, last week or the weekend's game, um, you know, there's a, a lot of reason to be optimistic. And certainly it's not a team, given the fact that we've just come off the the Burnley, Prestons and Oriches of the world, um, that we should be in any way fearful I guess the natural change would be for Woods to start in place of Tufan, as we basically saw on the weekend. Is there any any other changes you'd make to the side? I guess potentially Longman coming in for Williams for a start, or, or I guess he could get eased in off the bench. Well, I, I think Williams, um, you know, had had a fair fair game on the weekend. It'd be probably um, you know somewhat harsh to to drop in. He had that fantastic shot that came off the crossbar that. If that had gone in, that would have been, you know, <laughs> some strike. So uh, m- maybe not uh, dropping him. Uh, also, the fact that Longman's only returning, it'd be mm. really surprised to see him start. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. I'd be hesitant to make any real changes um, with the exception of, as you said, the force change in, in likely uh, Woods for Tufan. And I guess fortuitously, in a, in a way, being knocked out of the League Cup means we've had the whole week to rest and, and recover. So it's not as if... Um, any of these guys have been going sort of a game every three days at the moment because I, I guess that'd be my concern when you look at a guy like Oscar or or even Tete who probably weren't um, the fittest that they could have been coming into preseason potentially because I, I, we signed them reasonably late in the window I guess or late in preseason um, you wouldn't want to be pushing them into too many games in too short a space of time so to give them the whole week of rest between the West Brom game and Coventry bodes pretty well for being able to roll out a, a pretty much unchanged side. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's probably one of those those things that, uh, you know, you make the argument that if you get these games thick and fast, somewhere, sometimes it actually speeds up the the, the fitness of, of these players that probably haven't had the longest off-season or have come in somewhat undercooked. So, you know, you can, you can look at it from both sides. Yeah, I guess with our injury list, I'd rather... I'd rather go uh, softly, softly at the moment, but uh, no, it'll be good to start getting a few bodies back. Um, in, in terms of prediction for this one, then, are you, you confident of a City win? Yeah, look, I, I think that that 5-2 scoreline to West Brom, although they were good, it probably flatters them. Like you said, the, the goals to Furlong and Swift were, were proper worldies. And, um, you know, I don't think we got absolutely played off the park. I think that, you know, we could have scored five goals of our own um, in that fixture. So uh, it would be interesting to see how the team bounced back from, from that performance. Um, but... Uh, I do feel that, uh, you know, they will probably have gone away and looked at the tape and and even in their own kind of minds of what it would have felt like um, in the game. And I don't think there will be too much cause to be deflated. I think they'll probably come out 
um, you know, really ready for this one. And I, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I think I could see us winning this one 2-1 or 2-0. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, I, I could probably see a win of a similar margin for this one as well. I think, especially in front of the home fans, they'll be pretty keen to get back on the, uh, the winning list and uh, bounce back from that West Brom result. Um, we've also then got QPR midweek, managed by Mick Beale, who uh, recently left Villa, for, where he was Stephen Gerrard's assistant manager. Uh, some would say he was sort of the brains behind the operation, and I guess with the way Villa have started the season, perhaps there's a pretty good case for that. Um, we we had sort of mixed results with them last season as well. They, they beat us 3-0 at the start of the season. There was that um, the red card to, um, oh, who was it? Um, name's completely gone out of my head now. Um, for us and and on on their way to a 3-0 game. Uh, but but that was the sort of game at the start of the season where we actually didn't look too bad and then just had a bit of an unfortunate set of circumstances against them. Um, and then we had a 1-1 draw later in the season where Marcus Force, I think, got his only goal for us um, to, to earn a point there. Um, they've only got one win from their opening five games as, as, along with two draws, um, mm. but they've got Ilias Chair, who's in pretty awesome form, and then Willock as well both pretty damaging creative players for them um but i guess like the coventry game they these games are actually quite fortuitous to have breaking up we've got chef united next weekend as, as touched on and we've got uh watford not too far in the distant future as well um sort of breaking up those more challenging fixtures with uh, i wouldn't say easy fixtures but much more winnable games and games that we should be able to go in with quite a bit of confidence um in playing so yeah how, how do you how do you view qpr as a fixture yeah, look, I, I always feel that QPR have been very challenging for us <laughs> over over the years. There's always kind of mixed results. Like you can't really get a read on them. And like they, they were pretty impressive last season, I think kind of pitted out towards the end. Um, and so, yeah, look, I think this one, as you said, similar to the Coventry game, I, I'm really struggling to kind of get a gauge. I know it's five rounds in, but working out the quality in the championship it just seems so difficult this year because it feels like there's a lot more bigger clubs kind of floating around in it yeah and so like when we when you lay the fixtures out and i thought this when i looked at the um the fixtures at the start of the year going like oh where are those kind of patches where you should have those winnable games and there just didn't really seem to be, um, you know, any. And when you look at the likes of we've just played Norwich, we've just played Burnley, uh, then as you mentioned, we're just around the corner. There's like Chef United, there's Watford. Like it, it's just, it's it's a logjam. And it's going to be, um, as we said, like the, the Christmas litmus test for me is, is going to be the best sense. But when we talk about these so-called lower clubs, like QPR isn't exactly a club that you would associate with being championship stragglers. Um, and and they're supposed to be an easier game. Uh, I find it really hard to read. Um, and so, look again, optimistic in this. I think that the way we've started the season, we certainly shouldn't be going in with any real fear of any of the um, anyone. But um, yeah, to make a prediction for this, it would be just uh, you know throwing a dart at the dartboard. Let's go one nil, City. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it looks like at the moment that we're winning our home games and trying to draw our away games. So maybe maybe I'll go a 1-1 one, one draw in this one as well. But look, as you say, I mean, it's so tough to get a read on who's good and who's not when you've got Middlesbrough basically sitting in the relegation zone. West Brom were sitting in the relegation zone before they played us. And you've got teams like Reading, who are supposed to be relegation favourites, sitting in the top six. Um, I think they're sitting third in the table. Um, so it's a really hard season to get a read on after five games. And you sort of think after five, 10, maybe 15 games, the table starts to settle and take shape. But 
it still feels like there's a lot up in the air at the moment. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see where we it's, sort of fit into the placings. Absolutely. And and even the fact that, as you know, as you said, you've got Middlesbrough sitting in the in the relegation spots. Ahead of them is Huddersfield and Stoke. Um, you know, Swansea just ahead of them. Uh, it, it is just, a, it's impossible to predict at the moment. And, um, you know, it, it sounds odd to say, but the championship is just a jam-packed league. Like there's no no reason, it, it's no wonder, sorry, that, you know, people say that it is the, the toughest league in the world or, or one of the toughest leagues um, to get out of because there is just a, a huge, um, huge challenge every week. It keeps you very honest. Yeah, and I think, I think adding to that, the fact that we've played Norwich and Burnley so early whilst they're still settling and we've met, been able to take advantage of that, I think will do it, you know, put us in good stead. Cause I think you look at a side like Reading who are probably running and, and Blackburn as well, to an extent as well, who are doing quite well, but a tip to um not do particularly well this season. Hmm. They're probably running on fumes or they're running on adrenaline to sort of start. Well, sort of like we did in that season under um, Mick Phelan um, in the Premier League, where we won our first two games, drew a third, I think, and then just really tailed off. I think you've got a few of these sides really coming out of the blocks really quickly, like Derby did last season with under Rooney. Um, he'll then, you know, feel the, the 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 minutes in their legs, and they'll start to drop off as as we come to mid season. So, playing the better sides early and then playing those poor sides a bit later on, I think, will actually be quite a good way to be set up for the fixture run. Anyway, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, you, you're seeing it with Liverpool in the Premier League at the moment. I mean, you look at the squad that they have, and I have no doubt that they will be, you know, probably in the in the top four. But when you get a few new signings and the start of a season, it's a good time, arguably, to get those big big clubs. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, well, hopefully, four points, potentially six points, coming out of these two fixtures. Um, lots to look look forward to over the next seven days. Uh, mm. So, thank you for joining me to to look forward to them. My pleasure, Alex. Good to be here. No problem. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. As always, we'll be back this time next week to review those two fixtures against Coventry and QPR and and look ahead to our next run of fixtures. So until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back.